Welcome to the Empty Nest Empires podcast. My guest today is Sherry McIntyre. Now, Sherry survived the unthinkable, a ruptured brain aneurysm, and then a stroke during emergency surgery. It was New Year's Day 2016. The night before, she was just fine and ringing in the new year with friends. And the very next day, she was on her way to emergency brain surgery as neurosurgeons worked frantically to save her life. Can you imagine? The months and the years since then have been filled with hard work for Sherry and revelation. And she's even written a book about her experience. I'll tell you about that a little bit later. I hope her story of survival will give you hope and let you know that no matter your circumstances, there is hope for a better tomorrow. But mainly, I hope that as you listen to Sherry, her words will make you think. Okay, your nest is empty, or it will be within a few years. So now what? Whether you know it or not, we are building empires. Empires of faith, family, fun, fitness, and of course, finance. And those empires are the legacy we leave for our loved ones. I'm Tammy Romani, an empty nester mom, grandma, and entrepreneur with a vision for ever greater things in the years ahead. It's never too late, and there is no limit to what we can do. I'm so happy you're here. Now let's get to building. Sherry reached out to me on Instagram. Um, She sent me a message, and that was before this, I was even talking about this podcast. She probably didn't know anything about what I do, but here's what she said to me. Hi, Tammy. I found your account on Facebook, and what you posted resonated with me. So now I'm following you here. I'm learning Instagram and some of Facebook again. I have had a brain aneurysm rupture that led to a stroke. I post a lot on Insta and Facebook. Well, I just wanted to say hello. And I said, Sherry, thank you for connecting with me. I pray you are making great strides in healing your brain. Thank you. It's mostly a physical thing, Sherry replied. But people see me and think I'm fine. Wrong, LOL. I hope you're doing good. And then we chatted some more about how important it is to understand that everyone's going through something, even if it doesn't appear that way. And, you know, this was last summer. And after a while, I thought, oh, my word, the world needs to hear Sherry's story. And so I'm bringing it to you now. And I want to remind you of the, first of all, the power of social media and the connectability that's available there. Sherry found me. Sherry reached out to me. We connected. We had a conversation. And I invited her to be a guest on this podcast. That's something that I talk about inside the Empire Builders Collective, and I won't go into that right now. But I think we have something amazing at our fingertips that we are not utilizing. And so I'm so grateful that Sherry reached out to me, that we became friends, that we made that connection. And now that we've had this great conversation and we will continue to stay in touch. So before I dive into this this interview with Sherry, I'd like to read you some statistics. 
There is a brain aneurysm rupturing every 18 minutes. Ruptured brain aneurysms are fatal in about 40% of cases. Of those who survive, about 66% suffer some permanent neurological deficit. Approximately 15% of patients die before reaching the hospital. You know, those are pretty grim statistics, but what I want you to hear in Sherry in this interview is her hope, is her, her fight, the fight and the grit that she had to survive and to get better. Now, her daughter was 16-year-old high school student at the time, and she just wanted to be there for her daughter. And wow, her story is really one of the strength of the human spirit, the healing power of prayer, and, um, you know, there, there's a lot we can address in this, but I think you need to hear it from Sherry. So here we go. Here's my interview with Sherry McIntyre. I am so happy that you reached out to me and that we could tell your story because I think that a lot of people are at a loss as to um, how to treat someone who's had a traumatic brain injury or a stroke or an aneurysm. And then also those who may be in recovery from a traumatic experience like that. Well, wow, yeah. they really need to hear your mindset and how you came around. So I'm mm. I'm excited to get started. Let's just uh, I read your book I yesterday did. and Good. thank you so much for sending it to me. It was very helpful. You're welcome. Yeah. Yes. I want because I don't think people understand and what it's about until they read it. Oh, absolutely. And I will ask you in a minute about that title and how you came up with it. But first of all, I just want to say, I mean, you really have survived the unthinkable. I mean, yes. most people, when they think of that, it, it's, it's, oh, my life is over. But you sometimes even, I mean, you even mentioned that now you see it as a blessing. Can you, yeah. can you let, let's start by just telling your story briefly. Can you go back to that New Year's Day of 2016 and, sure. and tell us what happened? Well... I was in the bathroom. I have a, a 16, 16-year-old daughter. And um, she, I guess I was in there for a while. She said, knocked on the door. She asked me if I was all right. I said, yeah, get your father. Because I did not want to worry her. Hmm. But I, I must have known something's wrong. And then when I came out, I, um, my hands started going up and down uncontrollably. As my husband came into the room, and I said, call the ambulance with, like, call the ambulance now. And um, I fell and passed out, and that was it. Do you remember that? Remember. But no. you do remember that much? Yeah, I remember that. Wow. Thank God I wasn't driving. Yes. And they were home, or I would have been dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. and a lot of people, I think what happens to them is they die, but through technology, they're learning so much more. 
Mm-hmm. Well, but you know, I, I, I did, like I said, I read your book yesterday and I just found that it was such a good reminder that life throws you a curveball, And sometimes it's a really big one. Like this was so, oh, yeah. can you, in looking back, can you think, is there any way to ever be prepared for something like this? Uh, well, if you have a test, done to your brain they can see if it, if you have an aneurysm growing in in there um it's a color colored mri but mm-hmm. they don't give them um unless no. even even my sister before this she was having headaches headaches a lot of people have severe headaches mm-hmm. i don't and i never have so you had and, no um, indication that none. anything was coming. Oh my! No, wow. nothing. And I was in the best shape of my life. Wow! And um, I didn't know. And so anyway, um, but after, well, yeah, that is how you find out with the colored, colored MRI. I have yeah. to speak clearly because of the stroke. Stroke. I want everybody to understand me. Well, you're doing very well. So you let me Thank know you. if you get tired, okay? And we can even continue yeah. this another day. But I yeah. just want people to to hear your heart. And, you know, let's dive into why you called this book Compassionate Snob. Oh. <laughs> it's, so, it's kind of confusing to me. Um, it is, were you a but snob? you'll get it after. <laughs> no, but image, I was surrounded by image. I surrounded by work, image, okay. Yeah, I used to work as a hairstylist in a very high-end salon. Mm. So image was all around me, and we saw a lot of clients that were acted like they were all that, had everything together, and you know, but, and, um, so I tried to act like they did. Mm. And that is why the word snob came to me mm-hmm. in my mind. But I am much more compassionate than a snob. Yes. So wow. I named that. It's interesting, huh? Yeah, it is. It's it's quite a play on words because I can yeah. see how... Wow, how extra devastating this might be to someone like you who is in this industry where it's all about image. It's all about how you yes. look every day, yes. presenting yourself, mm-hmm. your hair is done, mm-hmm. your makeup is done, and then suddenly you have yep. a gash in the back of your head. You've had emergency and they, surgery and you have no hair. Head. Shaved your head. Yeah. And this was not yeah. even like like some people who are fighting other illnesses where they know it's coming. You know, they kind of prepare for it. You had no yeah. way to prepare for that. None. What did it feel None. like to you when you looked in the mirror for the first time? Well, you have to remember my brain was not right for a very long time. Yes. And so I really, like, I was always in a good mood. I did every single thing that they asked me to do to get better. But I don't think my nerves in my head, my nerves in my brain were going back right then. Well, I came home after three months 
right? Wow. And I, I said to my husband, I said, my, I, I feel like half my tongue was tingly and my side of my face. He goes, oh, that is probably the nerves growing back. Mm. And um, I think it was because before I did not have a filter. Mind okay, you, so I you would, would say some inappropriate things? Yes, oh. yes, yes, yes. Right. Which I would never say to people before this Now, is this me. common with brain injury patients, do you think? No, well, I think what happens is everywhere in your brain, right, there is a different section that controls a different function. Mm-hmm. So it depends on where the brain, where the bleed happens, that right. what is affected. So, like, I went to one of the best hospitals in the world, as you know. Um, we're very close to Boston. Mm-hmm. So my husband said, centered my strong. Mm. And so I was fortunate that I went there. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Yeah, that's what they say my life. Yes, we do. I, so why don't you um, explain to us exactly what your injury was? So you, you were just in the bathroom and something yeah. happened in your brain. You had a genetic, yeah. um, it's called an ABM. Okay. Mm-hmm. Atrovenous malformation. Okay. It stands for. Okay. I, I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly. <laughs> I'll have to look that up. I, it's probably yeah. a very long word. Yeah, now, how is that is. different That's why from? They call it ABM. But you also describe having a stroke. Now, did a stroke follow that, or did are they yeah. kind of? Oh, really? So you had yes. an aneurysm called yeah. your type of aneurysm was an AVM, yeah. and then mm-hmm. that a stroke followed that. Wow. Yes, it was from the operation. Oh, when they they because they gave me a craniotomy and they opened up my head. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess it was very gruesome from what I've been told. But so I will never look at Jacqueline's the same way. <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyway, so um, they opened up my head and operated on my cerebellum. If it was a bleed, the doctor said in another place. That would be very dangerous. And they told them how grave it was Mm. when they had to do this. And so, um, but I'm lucky because I've covered. Mm -hmm. And you can with a lot of hard work. You can because of neuroplasticity. Yes. So you Uh worked very hard. Now, let me just go back a minute because... You're you're not even four years out from this. So I no. just want to commend you. The fact that it even occurred to you to write a book about your experience. Yeah. And from what I read, early on, you felt this calling like, I have to write this in a book. What yeah. do you think that came from? I, I, well, for me, it was God, I guess. I don't know. But... Um, I just had to write a book. I didn't have voices or anything like that. I just woke up at the coma and I kept saying, I'm going to write a book. Wow. Did you know that it would be about this? 
that yeah. it would be about your experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah. and it's a message of hope, I believe, to yeah. those who have really suffered any kind of a stroke or a traumatic brain injury. What yeah. does it feel like to put on the mindset of I am going to recover and not get lost in the just the the tediousness of everything. I mean, you had to I, learn to walk again. You yeah. had to learn to talk again. Yeah. I can't even imagine mm -hmm. how tedious mm -hmm. and exhausting yeah. that was. Never mind writing a book. I yeah. like my sister always says, Sherry, you never even read a book. <laughs> <laughs> I never mind write one. Right. So um that right there is a miracle in yes, itself. It is. And uh it is. And but I feel like I had to write it and I was isolated for a long time. And mm. I, because everyone had to go back to their jobs, right? My husband had to go back to work, my sister went back to work, everybody. So here I was alone in the house. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. You can watch TV and things like that. Wish I don't watch TV. It's a, it was like being shot in the head. Mm. And like I woke up, like it woke me up. Mm. That's why I say I'm grateful because I was living like, eh, no problem, whatever. And so now I'm not like that. I am very focused on what I have to do, on healing myself and education, educating myself. And I don't know where that came from, but I am very driven. Yes. I well, do I a lot that. of things. I do a lot of things that people probably uh, I think that they think they're weird. They would never do that. Like, I got involved with politics. And then I realized, oh, no, no. That is not a good thing to get involved in. It's too, uh, too, like, too much negativity, right? Mm. So I stopped that. And then I got involved with the Lions Club, and they were very good, but I went there by myself. Hmm. And same with the exercise. I exercised at um, the local senior center mm -hmm. with the older people, mm -hmm. and guess what? They were so welcoming to me. Mm -hmm. So I love it there, and I still go all the time. I used to take the... Um, because I couldn't drive, so I used to take the uh, the the transportation from the senior center, mm -hmm. and they used to pick me up and drop me off, and that was my daily event. Yeah, and then, but you weren't a senior. How old were you when this no. happened? Um, fifty-four. Oh wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you so really, have, you were hanging with the 80 year olds at the senior center. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And wow. they love me. And guess what? I love them. Mm hmm. I'll bet. And, but a lot of people 
that have problems won't go there that are my age. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. So again, that was a mindset, a mindset thing that you had mm-hmm. to overcome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I do that. And I like, I could, like how you say, I couldn't walk, right? Right. So they taught me how to walk. And so, and I, I used to walk around the neighborhood, like holding hands with my sister, holding on to someone. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I couldn't not do it by myself. But then I slowly, you know what I did. It's in the yeah. book. Yeah. And well, so I, I used to walk around with carriage. Yes, tell us that story. You stole a shopping cart. Um, oh my God, that's so funny! Yeah, so I love this story because hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? You had been oh, yeah. asking your family to buy you a stroller or something that you could push rather than your yeah. walker, and you saw yeah. the opportunity to bring home a shopping cart. And yeah. tell us what happened there. So I was with my sister, and she had to run into a grocery store. So she goes, don't go anywhere. I look at her like, yeah, right. I'm going to go somewhere, right? And so then she left, and I saw a shopping cart. I go, oh, to myself, that would be perfect. (laughs) So I took it, and I I don't know how I did it, but I got it in the back of her car. It was an (laughs) SUV. And then she was driving away, and she was looking at me because I was laughing to myself. And she goes, what's so funny? I said, eh, you'll probably be mad at me. And then she looked at her rear view mirror and um, she saw the car. She's like yelling at me, but I go, I only bought it. I'm going to bring it back. She goes, they have cameras there. I was like, she was worried the police would be stopping by her house. Yeah, yeah. So I said, no, go home. Take me home. And so she goes, oh, my God. So I went home and had the shopping cart. And I used to walk around the neighborhood like a baker lady. But I didn't care. How I would walk with that. That was my lifesaver. Yes, because I bet it was. independence, wow. and I could do it by myself. Yes. So, mm. at what point did you did you ever take it back and give it back to yeah. the store? You did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I told you I was just borrowing it. Yes. You know, yeah, I'll bet I if the manager knew that back. story, they would actually love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I took back. And then, you know, I bought a baby carriage. Oh, you did? Okay. At a and then I used to walk around with the baby carriage. I didn't look as weird. But one time, um, a girl asked me if they could see my baby. <laughs> and I used to put a blanket over the top of it to make it look like there was a baby sleeping in there. Yeah. <laughs> I go... Secret, there's no baby. She goes, oh, okay, right. She just thought you were but, a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But oh, I don't care. Yeah, I'm not. But um, 
you do what you have to do. So was that transition normal for you after having this traumatic brain injury before you would have cared? You were, you were surrounded uh, yeah. by image, yeah. like you said. And now you yeah. don't care what people think about you. You're just all no. about recovery. Now, yeah. was that a hard transition for you to make or does it just come with the territory? Hey, I'm injured and you also have an injury that other people don't see. I think that's yeah. what's so interesting about brain injuries yeah. is that you look fine. Maybe you do yeah. have some residual mm -hmm. effects such as you are learning to walk again. And of course, when you open your mouth to speak, you sound different than you did. Yeah. Um, well, but you just know, on appearances, it's hard to tell. Yeah. But what happens is I tell people right up front, I say, I am not drunk and I am not deaf mm. because of the way I talk. A lot of people think I'm deaf. And because of my balance issues, um, I, I sway around, I swerve around a lot. And yeah. so I look like I'm drunk. Does anyone ever Sometimes. ask you, then what are you? Do you have to explain further or do they? No. No, okay. they understand, but I'm up front with them. Yeah. It, it, people usually say to me, thank you for telling me that. Yeah, yeah. And so one time, like, this is a funny story. One time I was coming out of leaving Alliance meeting, and there was a bar inside there, and guys were sitting out on the stairs, and they said, oh, you had a good time, didn't you? I oh, just boy. went with it. I said, yeah, I had a wonderful time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, sometimes it's not worth it. No, no. It's too much energy for me to, like, express to them. Yeah. So, well, let's, let's then go to um, your tips. Uh, one of the things that was heartbreaking to me about your story was reading that, you know, you have a daughter in high school, you used to be friends yeah. with all these other moms or friendly, yeah. I would say, not exactly yeah. friends. And then yeah. when you showed up uh, to send your daughter yeah. off to homecoming, they wouldn't yeah. talk to you. What did that no. feel like? I was like, first of all, I was like, oh, it was, it was like shocking yeah because well i have been gone probably a good well it was junior prom and this happened to me junior year okay so um my husband took her out and got her prom dress so mm -hmm. he took me there to the pictures right and the women were like a few of them said hi to me but really no one I was an outcast out of the circle, and wow. I realized it then. So I was like, whatever. Yeah. And guess what? I will never forget this. No. Never. No. Because my brain works fine now. Mm -hmm. I can think, I can't talk good, but my brain is pretty good. Yeah, and so, I mean, um, for goodness sakes, you can write a book. That's more than most of us have ever done yeah. or will do. Um, so yeah, what I know. tips do you have for, first of all, close family and friends? When, if something like this happens within their family, 
what tips do you have? What was most helpful and most encouraging to you? Uh, it sounds like your sister well, was a great support and your husband. Yeah. What did they yeah. do specifically that people can take away from your experience? Well, I guess you have to get up. Well, they don't understand. Being caretaker is one of the hardest jobs in the world, so I commend anybody that is a caretaker. And eventually, we all will be someday at some point. Hmm. Right? Good point. So, yeah, I think that um, people are not prepared for it, and you should financially prepare for it. Hmm. And but a lot of people can't, and I understand that. But I think that a calendar is a wonderful tip, and a pillbox is a wonderful tip because I had so many doctor's appointments and and. And medication I had to take. Now I'm not on any of them anymore. Mm, wow. And um, I know. So, but the doctor's appointments were like, oh my gosh, keeping track of them because you have to remember, I was not functioning right in my head. Right. So, so someone else had to pick up the slack for you, obviously. Yeah. And, yeah. And still carry on with their jobs and um, yeah, and become. So it was like, yeah, that is exhausting. Double. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it's double the work. Yeah. And so um, I tried to do everything I could myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I used to. Oh my god, <laughs> I used to like. I started doing the laundry. You would think that is a simple task, right? You don't think anything of it. Right. I would um, throw it in the laundry basket, right, and take it over to the stairs. I laundry, my laundry, my washing machine is downstairs, and throw it down the stairs oh. in the basket. Yeah. Yeah, because you couldn't carry yeah. a basket and hold on to the No, rain. no. Hmm. And so a lot of people don't know that. It, it's hard, right? Yeah. They just take it for granted, right? Mm -hmm. Even feeding the dog, mm -hmm. you take for granted. Sure. I used it because I could not mush up the dry food and the, the canned food together. Mm -hmm. So I would use my hand. Hmm. And people would be Oh my God! Well, I would never. That is something I never would have done. Right. It's safe to say you can't ever say those phrases. I would never no. do that because no, you don't know what you will need to do. No. Mm -mm. Wow. Wow. No. So uh, I used to do a lot of like people would think would probably think they were weird, but guess what? I got the job done. Yeah, whatever it takes. I think your new motto yeah. is, I'll just do whatever it takes. <laughs> and yeah. I just admire so much your mindset because I I personally know other people who have had either a traumatic brain injury or a stroke, and they often say things like, I feel so useless. And why did God let me live through this? And 
I think as family members, one of the, of the things I took away from your book is that it's important to maybe uh, talk even about, I mean, it's a hard thing because you don't want to assume something like this is going to happen. And you just don't no. know if someone's going to have a heart attack or, you know, a stroke or something like this. But the ability for a family, even if there's only three of you to tag team and kind of come together and trade off maybe duties so that one person is not carrying the load of being yeah. the complete total caregiver or friends, yeah. you know, friends that are nearby. Can I drive you yeah. somewhere? Can I, can I take but, you to this doctor appointment and make notes for your husband? You know, things like that. I mean, that just makes me really think that we tend to leave people alone when they go through a crisis and what they really have, need I, is a helping yeah. hand. Yeah. That's where I, now I am big into community I think that is huge because yeah. I equate myself with the car accident. You know how there's car accident on the highway mm-hmm. and you stop and you book and you slow down and then you speed up and go. Mm. Well, that was me on the side of the road. Mm. That's how I feel. Like a lot of people, they don't... They don't know what to say, I guess, but you don't have to say anything just being there. That is all you have to do. I lost a lot of friends over this Mm. because they didn't come around. And I think a lot of people are afraid, right? And then, uh, but it didn't help that I did not have a filter. And I would say things to people that I probably shouldn't have, but mm. they did not educate themselves even a little bit on brain injury. Right. And so that right. is why I wrote the book. Right. And that's but where the word people. compassion comes in too. Yes. Is yes. as um, like putting myself in the place of perhaps one of your friends, if this had happened, um, having the compassion to understand and just laugh about the fact that you're going to just spew things out of your mouth that pop into your brain because you don't have the ability yet to decide what's appropriate to say out loud and what do I keep to myself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's probably very common with brain injuries. Is it something yeah, I think that so. you feel yes. like you now have learned again? I did. Yes. Really? I wow. have. Yes. Wow. It's neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. Um, now I know when to keep my mouth <laughs> Well, let me ask you about a part of your book. And you also sent me a book, um, a bookmark from the Brain oh, Aneurysm yeah. Foundation. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. says, it's an it's a orange bookmark with capital letters, just the word think. Can yeah. you tell me why that is so important to you? that word yes I can okay because my physical therapist right she came and had to do a home evaluation right so she put down orange duct tape everywhere I was to be careful right there were certain spots like like sharp corners on coffee tables and kitchen things stuff like that right there were actually rooms I could not even go into. Wow. Right? But anyway, so 
there was orange duct tape down around the house. So people would come over here and bring me things, right? And I had nothing to give them. And I hated that. So I realized that thinking everybody uses their device instead of, well, not everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people use their devices, computers, phones, whatever, to, instead of using their own brain. And I think that your brain is your human computer. Yes. And so that is why. So I wrote, I didn't have anything to give people. So I took the orange duct tape off. I wrote think on it as best I could. I gave it to them. And they would stick it on their phones, on their computers. And someone actually made a bookmark out of one of them, right? Uh-huh. So I go, oh, that is a really good idea. So that is why the word think is important to me, and that's why I sent you an orange bookmark. I love because it. Because I want so, people to be aware of, like, brain aneurysms and that type of thing, any kind of brain trauma, TBI. I know it's um, aneurysms, but it's also... In the kind of TBI, um, concussions, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. tumors, anything in your brain, right, mm-hmm. that affects it, um, people do not realize because it is an invisible illness. And um, they say, oh, if you get a concussion, oh, no problem, you'll be fine. But um, it affects people different ways. Right. So you, know, you I, can't say that to somebody. Right. And I well, I just want to go over really quickly. There's a page in your book where you talk about some statistics which were very um, impactful for me. You said that there is a brain aneurysm rupturing every 18 minutes. Yeah. And that ruptured brain aneurysms are fatal in 40% of cases. Yeah. Of those who survive, 66% suffer some permanent neurological deficit. Yeah. And approximately 15% uh, with aneurysmal subarachnoid hemorrhage, or SAH, yeah. die before yeah. they even reach the hospital. Mm-hmm. So when you mm-hmm. think uh, about that, and some people know that they have an unruptured aneurysm and it's being watched carefully. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. people don't know. Um, you are a miracle. Does that ever strike no. you every day what a miracle your survival is? No, I don't look at it that way, but I do look at it as though I want to help other people. Right. There's a reason you survived, in other yeah. words. Mm. Yeah. And so yeah. we've just finished in September brain aneurysm awareness month is that correct mm-hmm. yeah what did that month mean for you in terms of the message that you are trying to get out well i'm just starting right but the brain aneurysm foundation has a there the the now there's the i said the biggest they have mm-hmm. been around longest but i think right now there are one, two, four foundations I count 
that are doing this also. Mm -hmm. I think that people are much more aware, and what we're all trying to do is bring awareness to people. And by this, right, bring in the month, they just acknowledge it in Washington, so it will be, I think, everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And um, this month, what they did around here is they let the Boston Bridge, the big one, mm -hmm. they lit up red for Britain Indivisible Month and some of the oh. buildings. And they also, on highways, put signs up advertising it, right, the warning signs and making people aware of it. And wow. that is what Britain Indivisible Month is for, awareness. And mm -hmm. now... The Brain Invisible Foundation came up with the new um, slogan. It's called Stop the Pop. Stop the and, Pop. Yeah. So hmm. people are more aware. They use, use a balloon to mm -hmm. represent an invisible, and then the puppet representing, you know, a bleed. Okay, so yeah, is, aside from brain. having headaches, is, and of course, you know, you can't just go and ask for a, an MRI of your brain. Um, what does stop the pop mean in terms of prevention or, or quick action? Uh, when when well, someone is, has collapsed on the floor, how fast do you need to work? It, you have to go fast. I was lucky that the hospital where I went, they work fast. And, um, but a lot of doctors and medical professionals, especially in other parts of the country, do not have, the, they are uneducated about this. Hmm. They do not even know. Um, and so that is, is why we're trying to bring a witness to this subject mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people died before from it and they probably thought they didn't do um, an autopsy on them and so they just assume it's a heart attack or something like that. Well, mm -hmm. there's a lot more to it. Now we're finding out. Yeah, and you know, in, in terms of prevention, it's interesting to me because we talk about stroke prevention, you know, like there are ways to change your diet to lessen your blood pressure and things like that that might cause a stroke. Um, but I don't know if there's a way to prevent an aneurysm because it's often um, hereditary yeah. or it's a weakness. You know, it's, it's no. just something that is there that you don't really it's just there, right? It's just kind of, yeah, yeah. you can't do anything to make it worse or better. It's just no, kind of but there. Guess, well, I want to tell you this. Okay. After I was in the hospital, right, my mother and my sister were tested because of me. Oh. And they found two aneurysms in my mother's brain. Oh, wow. Mm. So there yes. is a type so that is, is hereditary. Yes. Yes. It, they're just finding this out. Oh, my word. It's a very new thing. Wow. So, um, and okay. I don't want to scare anybody. And that is not my, 
my um, intention is just awareness and what they had to do. I think for people, they are registered like myself, and then they are unrepresented like my mother, situation. And what they do, I would hate to be knowing that I had to have the operation. Hmm. I would hate it. But mm. I think that now they are so good at what they do. Yes. That um, it is And they good. can now, if they know, they can put a stent in and things like that to do some. Yeah, pre- yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what they do is measure the aneurysm. And if it has a potential rupture, then mm. they will call it. Right. Right. Well, and I'd so like. My mother had one cause and the watching of the one. Oh wow so she had to have surgery mm. wow yeah and how about your sister with her headaches what did it show nothing. up nothing as well okay, no nope. good but she does but know a now. lot of um yeah but wow. a lot of people they walk around not knowing and we go to washington every year because they do an advocacy day, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, what we tell them is we, we want funding for this because we want to bring about awareness to people, more people because it is hereditary. They mm. are just learning this. Mm. Yeah, and so, so new information and new research is yeah. needed. Wow. That mm. is really something. Well, Sherry, your story is amazing. I I just commend you for this attitude that you have to reach out to people. And I and I know that just because brain aneurysm awareness was in September, that this is a year round campaign for you. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and people can follow you on your Instagram, and I see you just telling your story and talking to people and. Um, and, and that's another thing. I, I'm actually a vocal trainer. I help people speak with, you know, clarity. And I hear from so many people who are afraid and their voice is just fine. Their speech is just fine, but they're still afraid to do what you do. And here you are with speech that doesn't it sounds great, but it doesn't yeah. sound like you used to. And you have every no. reason to have that that hesitation, like, oh, I don't want to put myself out there. But I think that it goes back to your why is so big. Like yeah. you have survived this huge, huge thing that who cares what you sound like, right? Yeah. After, you just, you have a message that me, is more important. Yeah. And after this happened to me, I got like, I don't care anymore about right. what people think. I yes. don't care. And I don't know where they came from either because before I wasn't like that. But now I'm like, you get one life, hmm. one life. So, yeah. And I, and I think that's so, so important to remember that now you're going to help even more people because hmm. of your boldness and your willingness to not care. Once we don't care what other people think about us, yeah. when we can make that mm-hmm. big impact. Mm-hmm. So what like, do you think um, could be the biggest takeaway for our listeners today? Um, you know, it, I would like to say, yeah. if you know someone, be compassionate, reach out to help. 
Yeah, um, yeah. And Reach out to people. And guess what? They don't want anything except your presence once in a while. Right. Just be yourself. Just be there. Yeah. But when and, you and you know what? Prepare where you can and don't just walk in fear. No. And don't think about what people think about you. It's none of your business. <laughs> That is so no. true. That is so true. Well, where can no. people stay in touch with you and, and get your book? Well, on Amazon. Okay, so the they book's available. The book I will link Amazon, it in yeah. the show notes. They can get it on Amazon. It's a yeah. great story of hope, and um, yeah. that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah, and if I like if people would leave a review because that okay. would help. Mm -hmm. And um, and how about your yeah. Instagram? I know you're active on Instagram. Oh yeah, I am. Okay. I put things on there I, all the time. Okay, and it's compassionate snob there. Yeah, okay. yeah. Just like the book title. So look yeah. for Sherry at Compassionate Snob. I will link all of this in the show notes so you can just go below this podcast and click on it and go right to her Instagram and right to the Amazon page to purchase her book. And um, yeah, you know, if you have my link one, is in my bio. Okay, great. Well, we'll mm. we'll just we'll connect all that and and uh, do you have a website where people can? I do, but guess what? I what? I'm ashamed to say this, but I don't know how to use it yet. Okay. Well, you know what? They'll just have to message you through Instagram. That's yeah. how you and I connected, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You you found me. You reached out to me, and we started chatting back and forth. And I thought, yeah. oh, I people have to hear her story. This is so important for us to hear. And thank you so much for being my guest today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay, this has been great, Sherry. You take oh, care okay. of yourself and, and stay on with your message. I'll see you in the gram. Okay. Okay, bye. Thank you. Wow. Talk about resilience, right? And grit and steadfastness. I am really in awe of this woman and I'm so happy that she reached out to me if this has been impactful for you would you reach out to me and let me know how we can further this conversation I will put links to the show notes um, how to reach out to Sherry how to let her know you heard this podcast how to reach the brain aneurysm foundation and I think we will be doing some more episodes about this for those who have experienced a stroke or a traumatic brain injury or any kind of a brain injury, as well as those who are caregivers, because I think so many of us end up falling into that space as well. And, you know, there's just so much that we can learn from each other in this space. So I just thank you for joining me today. I hope this has been really helpful to you and um, that you will take Sherry's story with you. And as she says, think. <laughs>